If you see what Jesus did when he was asked a ton of questions and he rarely gave answers to those questions. He usually asked another question, just like counselors do, right? He knew, he had to have known that you can start a process of healing and change in someone's life by asking them a question. And today, we're going to look at one of the questions that he asked his disciples. And this is in Mark 4, 35 through 41, as we're going to read. And And there's over a hundred recorded questions in the gospel that Jesus asked other people. And we're going to look at one that he asked his disciples, right? So we're going through this series this summer called Red Letters. If you haven't been here with us yet, we're going through a series called Red Letters. And basically, there's words in the Bible. There's some Bibles that are written in uh, red as well as black and white, right? And those red words are Jesus' words. So the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. And so we're looking only at those words this summer. And so the the question we're going to ask ourselves today, and I titled this sermon this, so write this down if you're taking notes, is why are you so afraid? Write that down. Why are you so afraid? Jesus asked this question in in Mark 4. And so we'll get there right now. A little context on Mark 4 where we're at in Scripture. Jesus basically just taught and preached to a bunch of people. He was on the, there was a bunch of people lined up on the shore of a sea. And Jesus, there were so many people on the shore that Jesus had to step off into the water and he was speaking from a boat. There were so many people on the shore that in order for them to see and hear him, he had to speak from a boat. And so that's where we're at. And then Jesus, after he taught these people, he said, hey, let's go to the other side of this lake. That's the other side of this sea. And that's where we're at right now. You with me? All right, so follow along. It should be up on the board. Mark four thirty-five through 41. It says this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. That's Jesus talking. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, which is a storm, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said, Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, the disciples were, that were in the boat with them, and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, we, we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word, Lord. We, we know your word is living among us right now. God, I pray that your word is just speaking to hearts right now as it's speaking to mine. Jesus, I pray that um, by the end of this sermon, God, that people come to know you, that people give their lives to you, Jesus. And I pray, Jesus, that just as we just read, that you calmed the storm with these disciples. God, I pray that you calm storms in everyone's lives today. We're all going through a storm, God, or we just got out of one or we're going into one, Jesus. So I pray right now in your name that you calm those storms. It's in your name we pray. And we all say, amen. Amen. So the disciples on the boat, right, they thought that this was it. Right? They were on this boat. The storm was, the waves were coming onto their boat. Their boat was sinking. They thought this was it. They thought they were going to die. Right? They thought this was like, it was one of those near-death experiences. Has anyone had one of those? Near-death experience. I had one last year. I was driving 
from Bend to, I, I was working in Corvallis at the time, and it was in the middle of a snowstorm, and I was in two-wheel drive car at the time, and I had chains on, and both chains broke off. I, think, I blame the chains, not me. Um, but both chains broke off as I was driving, and I was going 20, like 20 miles an hour, so I was going really slow. It took me six hours to get from Bend to Corvallis. And I was going around a corner, and as I was going around the corner, I was doing fine, then all of a sudden I hit like ice, and my car just like started doing a 360 like this, right? And at one point, I was going reverse in the other side of the lane with oncoming traffic this way on, on ice, and then I did a full, luckily no cars came, I did a 360, hit a snowbank, and I was, I was cool. I was, I was driving after that. I just kept going. Just, we're good. All right, let's go. But... I, it was like slow motion, right? I, I thought that this was it, right? I thought as I was going, I was like the slow motion where you're in your mind. You're like, no. And then all of a sudden, like you, you expect like a car to come, right? So I thought uh, that was it for me. That's what these disciples were feeling. So just to put yourself in their mindset, they thought that they were going to die, right? Now, the funny thing is that what we just read is that Jesus was sleeping, he was just kicking it, right? He, he was taking a cat nap. He was probably dreaming of whatever he was going to eat that night, right? He wasn't worried. He wasn't worried at all, but the, but the disciples were freaking out. And then Jesus wakes up. He tells the wind and the waves to stop. So they stop. He performs a miracle there. And then he looks to his disciples and says these two questions. I want you to write down these two questions. We already looked at one of them, but write these down. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I, I want you to write those down because I believe with everything in me that Jesus is asking those two questions to some people in here today. Jesus is asking you, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, the Sea of Galilee, which is the lake, the, the water, the body of water they were crossing. These disciples were crossing over water, right? And the, where the storm hit. The Sea of Galilee is what they were crossing over. And it's 680 feet below sea level is the Sea of Galilee. And there's mountains all around it. Okay? So the experts say the reason why storms hit this sea all the time and just, just out of nowhere is because of how it's structured, the Sea of Galilee, it's below sea level and with the mountains, I don't know anything about it, but I was told by experts that this is why storms hit, right? And so the, the interesting thing is, though, is that life is like this all the time. Life is exactly like this, right? We, we could be good, we're driving around the corner, we're cool, right? And then all of a sudden, boom, a storm hits, and now we're doing 360 and we, we feel like we're, we might die, right? Or you're doing well at home, your parents are financially stable, then the economy hits and boom, now they lost both jobs and now we don't have food on the table. Or you're doing well in life, school, relationships, whatever it may be, sports, whatever it may be, extracurricular stuff, and all of a sudden all those things take a turn and now you're depressed. Now you're going through, now you have bad thoughts, you have weird thoughts going on, right? This is life. Storms happen out of nowhere. Or you're healthy, that's one for me, I'm healthy, I'm doing well, and then boom, a storm hits, and now I'm not, right? This is life, it happens all the time, and this is exactly what the disciples were going through. They were fine, and then all of a sudden, boom, a storm hits out of nowhere, What's crazy to me, though, is that church people, us in here, 
are usually the best at hiding the storms we're in. We're usually the best at that. You know this, right? Christians, everyone in here, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, we are the best at hiding storms we're in. Some of you in here look totally fine. You got a smile on your face, but besides that smile on your face, you got a storm going on deep down that you, no one can see or know about. Right? We ha- this happens all the time. This just happened at Canby Foursquare last week where a teen gave him, he, he committed suicide, but they didn't know anything. He put a smile on his face, right? You, you could be, there could be a smile on your face, but then you go before you go to bed and you're crying. You have anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, whatever it may be. Your, your parents are struggling, headed towards divorce, and you walk through these doors acting like you're fine. And I bring this up because we as followers of Jesus, we're not called to do that. And I promise you this won't be that here. One of my uh, friends and family friends um, and someone I looked up to in high school uh, they had a, my, she had, there was a woman, a man, and three kids. They were married, and they, um, she was my math teacher. He, she was married to a police officer, and three kids are amazing. I looked up to this family like no other, right? They, they were the, I wanted to have a family like they do, right? And I found out, I, I just loved how the dad loved his children so well, how he loved his wife so well, how he led, and I... Good. Uh, I loved the, um, the mom because how well she loved her kids. And I found out like just about six months ago that they were actually living in two separate homes, the mom and the dad. Uh, but I never knew this. And I, I saw them during this time. They didn't show it. And then I found out a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, that they, they got a divorce. But the thing is, is that I never saw the storm that they were going through. Right? I, never, I never saw it. They acted like it was fine. Sometimes we can fake it on the outside, but on the inside we can barely hang on to a thread, right? We act like we're all good, but we cry every day before we go to bed. We're depressed. We feel alone. We got anxiety. We got pressures for, from all different people, parents, teachers, coaches, whoever it may be. And, and we just feel like we're submerged, right? And that's why I say that we as followers of Jesus, we're not about that here. We're called to be honest, vulnerable. Now, I understand that we don't need to share every steep, darkest secret, but I'm just saying that we don't need to fake it. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying we don't need to fake it. And I promise you that I won't lead this that way either. I know there's people in, there's uh, leaders that sometimes you see something from the stage that you, and you see something different when you're in person, right? They, it's something different, but I promise that won't be this here. If I'm struggling... I won't fake it. So I just want you guys to know that I don't want you to fake it either. This is a family here, right? This is a family. And so families don't do that. Families walk through storms together. You guys with me? Nod your heads if you're with me. Okay. So two points. I, got, I just got two points from this scripture, right? That went to notice and, and to always remember when you're in a storm. And when I, I say when, right? Not if. When you're in a storm... Remember these two points. And I, I, a pastor once said that if you're not in a storm right now, you probably just got out of one. And if you're not in a storm right now, you're probably headed into one, right? Storms happen all the time. They're constantly happening. So this is actually for everyone in here if you're not going through a storm right now. Two points. This is the first one. Write this down. He is with you in the storm. 
He is with you in the storm. So by he, I mean God, right? By he, I mean Jesus. Jesus was in the boat. They were going through the storm, and Jesus was actually in the boat. But here's what happens so often is that people, when they give their life to Jesus, they're like, oh, well, I shouldn't have any problems anymore, right? I should be good. My life should be smooth sailing, right? But that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus said. If you actually read the scripture, he says, in this life, you will have trouble, right? We're going to go through storms, but Jesus is with us in that. Let me ask you a question. What was the first thing the disciples did when they were in a storm? When they were, realized they were in this storm, the storm was coming, the waves were on, coming onto their boat, and they were sinking. What was the first thing they did? They turned to Jesus, right? Write this down. In the middle of a storm, the very first thing the disciples did was find Jesus. Because why? He was there. In that storm, he was there. Verse 38 says, the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? They found him. Jesus is in the storm with you. So my question to you is, who or what do you turn to when you're in the storm? That's my question right now. Who or what do you turn to first when you're in the storm? Are you turning to a mom, a dad, a boyfriend, a girlfriend? Who who are you turning to? A pastor even. Or are you turning to Jesus first? Because the disciples turned to Jesus first. So I would think that we should probably take note of that, right? So Jesus never promised that if you come to him, that life would be easy if you just follow him. And in fact, he said the exact opposite, right? You see, when you move from darkness to light, which is what we do as followers of Jesus, we move from the darkness into the light. We're now walking in the light if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus. Now you're in the middle of a spiritual battle. There's a battle going on right now that you can't see between darkness and light. Write this down. Christianity is not a playground. It is a battleground between forces of darkness and forces of light. And when you step onto the side of light, now suddenly darkness is against you. Now suddenly the darkness is now against you. And so I was doing everything possible to take you away from the light. It's a battle going on. And when you first read, I love this part, is when you first read... This story, right, it seems like a miracle, that uh, just a physical miracle that Jesus performed of just like the calming of the storm, right? I mean, I'm a skeptic in here. Any skeptics in here, right? You, it's like, did that actually happen? But Jesus performed a miracle by calming the storm, this water, this physical water. But if you look more deep into where, like the context and the culture and the time that this was written, we find that in the biblical times, the water actually meant something much more than what we just perceive as water, right? Water and sea and lakes, it meant evil and chaos and death. That's what water represented during this time. So by Jesus calming the storm, he wasn't just calming physical water, but Jesus was calming death. He was calming chaos. He was calming evil, right? He, he, he was saying, I have power over that. I have power over death. And then he showed it in the resurrection, I have power over evil. I have power over chaos. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm calming water. Right? So, write this down. Jesus never promised that the storm wouldn't rock you. He promised that the storm wouldn't sink you. Jesus never promised the storm wouldn't rock you because he said there will be storms and we will be rocked. But he said the storm won't sink you because he's for you. 
He's with you. And there's nothing that can take you out of the presence of God when you invite him into your life. He is in your boat. Jesus is with you in the storm. Never let the presence of God, or never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. And that's what we as culture do a lot. You hear it all the time like, I'm going through a storm right now. Where is God? Is there a God? I do that too. Right? But never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God because if we read and we really believe it and, and look at what it's saying, is God's in the storm with us. He's on our boat. So we, why are we doubting the presence of God in our storms when he actually said that would happen? And he said he'd be with us in it. So that's the first point. He is with you in the storm. Second point, you are in the storm for his purposes. This one's interesting, a little tricky. I might get some feedback on this later, but you are in the storm for his purposes. Think about this. Jesus said, let's go to the other side, right? So who said, whose idea was it to go to the other side? It was Jesus's, right? Jesus said, hey, let's go to the other side. Why was he wanting to go to the other side is the question. And if we read Mark 5, it It talks about how Jesus um, basically healed a demon-possessed man. There was a man on the other side of the lake who was um, possessed by an evil spirit. Jesus went and delivered him. They crossed over the lake, over the sea, and Jesus delivered that man, saved that man um, from the evil spirit. And, And that guy ended up following Jesus. So that's why he was doing it. So Jesus, God with flesh on, right? He's God. He knew there was a storm they were going to go through. And he still crossed over to the other side. You're with me, right? They were not in the storm because they were out of God's will. They were actually in the storm because they were in God's will. They were not in the storm because they were out of God's will, which a lot of people think, hey, I'm in a storm, God, God must be punishing me because I'm not walking with him. That's not always the case. They were, they were actually in the storm because they were in God's will. Jesus never said, hey, follow me, everything is going to be great. But he said, follow me, you will be persecuted, you will go through trials, you will go through storms, right? This one guy on the other side of the sea um, was delivered, right? Jesus healed him from the evil spirit, and the guy ended up giving his life to Jesus and wanting to follow him. So Jesus brought his disciples through that storm in order for that to happen, So my question is to you, if you're going through a storm today, there may be someone on the other side of the sea or on the other side of the lake that Jesus is trying to heal, that Jesus is trying to bring him closer to him. There may be that. I've had that in my life. I've gone through storms where now God's given me a heart of empathy where I can empathize and I can relate to others because of what I've been through. And And there's some people that have come to know Jesus through that. So I went through that storm with God, right? And now there's been other people that have been reached because of that. You see, some of you are going to get mad at me and say right now that, well, did God cause the storm? Why would a good father cause a storm? And honestly, I don't, I'm not going to get into that because I don't believe that humans have really the ability to understand God. I don't really want to understand a God, right? I don't, he's not God if we can understand him. But I can tell you this, or I can't tell you if God caused the storm. I can't tell you that. I won't tell you that. And I can't tell you if God allowed the storm. I I don't know. 
But I can tell you this, God always uses the storm to do a work inside of us. He always uses it. He uses that storm to do a work inside of us. Okay, I want everyone to close their eyes really quick. Just close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to picture someone in your mind, a face of a person that's older than you, anyone, that you look up to in terms of their faith and their relationship with Jesus. You, you see, you, you want to have their faith. You, you want to have that rock-solid relationship that they have. Do you have that person pictured in your mind? Okay, I'll open your eyes. Those, those people that you are picturing in your mind, I guarantee they've been through a storm with Jesus. And I guarantee that they've walked through a storm with Jesus. And because of that storm, now they know the faithfulness of Him. They know how faithful He is in the storm and and the purposes He has for that and the people that have been delivered because of the storm. So I'm going to ask you, everyone in here, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. You see, in the middle of a storm, we can be afraid that our boat's going to sink. Right? We can, I can, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm terrified that in a storm my boat's going to sink and I'm going down, right? But the thing is, our hope is not in our own boat, but our hope is in the one who is in our boat. Our hope is not in ourselves. I've tried that. But our hope is in the one who is in our boat, who is with me, who is inside of me, who is with me through the storm. That's where my hope is. I've tried to walk personally and get through storms alone. And honestly, it almost ended my life. And now I know that I can't do it alone. But Jesus is my hope and he is in my boat. So God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. So why are we so afraid? So I'm going to invite the worship band up now if Deb wants to come up. And I want to do one thing right now. It's where we read this scripture together. It's going to be put up on the board here. Um, and I want, I th- want you guys to personalize scripture a little bit more. And every time it says like I or me, anytime the scripture says that, I want you to firmly believe that means you. Because it does. This, this is Psalm 23. So let's read it out loud together. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So why are we afraid? Why do we fear so much in the middle of a storm? The biggest thing I fear is death and evil, right? That's the biggest thing I fear. But this story shows that Jesus has power over that. He has power over death because we will rise from the grave someday if we believe in him and follow him. So not even death can hold us. So I'm going to ask everyone to put the Bibles away, your phones away, everything away right now. We're not going to go into time discussion. We're just going to have a response time right now. So just put everything away. I just have two questions I have for you in this response. Oh, everyone just to close your eyes and bow your heads. Close your eyes and bow your heads. 
first question I have is this. Is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus in your boat? Have you accepted Jesus into your life? Have you, have you accepted Jesus into your life and said, Jesus, I want to follow you? Is he there? There's some people that are in a storm right now, and you don't know if Jesus is in your boat. And really, you got no hope. I've been there, right? I've been there before. I believe that God allows us to get so down sometimes that we can only the only place we can look is up. And so my question to you is, is Jesus in your boat? And I'm going to give you the opportunity right now if you want to say for the first time, Jesus, I want you in my boat. Or, or if you want to say for the tenth time, but you've walked away and you just feel God calling you and stirring something inside of you right now to say that and just do that again. On the count of three, I'm just going to have you all raise your hand. Everyone, eyes are closed. Heads are bowed. No one's watching. Everyone's eyes are closed. One, you guys, Jesus died for you. Two, he is with you, waiting for you to make this decision. Three, raise your hand. Say, Jesus, I want you in my boat. Hands up all over. God, thank you. So my second question now is, you put your hands down. Second question is this. If you're going through a storm right now, or you know someone who's going through a storm right now, I want to pray for you. Jesus had said just a couple words, quiet, be still, and the storms were calmed. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe Jesus can calm storms right now. So if you want just prayer, so I just pray of you right now. Just raise your hand right now, just up and down. And I can pray over you or the person that you know who is going through a storm. Let's pray. Father, we we come before you right now thanking you that you're in our boat right now. Thanking you that we have hope in you no matter what. But God, right now, I weep with those, God in here and it can be four square who who are going through stuff God who are going through storms and trials Jesus whatever it may be you only know Jesus so Jesus I pray in your name that you heal all people in here God physically emotionally spiritually Jesus I pray that you calm all storms Jesus I pray that you right now you say quiet be still to every storm going on in here Jesus God, we need you right now. We say right now, Jesus, come. Come and calm all storms. And as you do that, God, we pro- we're following. We're all in. 